0: your your office, wherever you are. We're just delighted to be able to come into your home tonight. And as always, we'll kick it off with a song. Brother Ken, come lead us now. Let's all worship the Lord in song. Brother Ken. Amen.
1: Tonight we'll start off with There Shall Be Showers of Blessings. We'll do about three verses of that. That's the hymn, There Shall Be Showers of Blessings. There shall be showers of blessings. This is a promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing, sent from the Savior above. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Shall be showers of blessing, send them upon us, O Lord. Grant to us now a refreshing, come and now. Showers we plead, there shall be showers of blessing, oh that today they might fall, now as to God we're confessing, now as on Jesus we call, showers of blessing, showers of blessings we round us are falling but for the showers we bleed
0: Amen. Thank- We'll open up in prayer. As always, we invite you to put your prayer request down in the comment section, and we'll sure pray about each thing that you put in there. We appreciate folks doing that. I've got three or four to share with you uh, tonight from our church family. Uh, Please continue to pray for Sister Judy Rudder. She is out of CCU uh, in a regular room, but lift her up in prayer if you would. Sister Trina Wells has uh, asked us to pray for two members of her family. She has a sister in Richmond who has been diagnosed with breast cancer and will be shortly having surgery. And then she has an aunt in Chattanooga uh, who is in her late 70s with pneumonia. So please pray for that family. Then Brother James, uh, excuse me, Brother Shane uh, I, I sent me a prayer request for a family member of his, James Staples, who has got stage four liver cancer and esophageal cancer. And they've uh, given him only six months to live. That's James Staples, a uh, family member for Brother Shane. So please lift that one up in prayer. Praying still for Sister Kim Thacker, longtime member here at our church. She needs the touch of the Lord, and of course, lifting up Sister River Smith as well. We're glad the Lord's continuing to touch her. So let's open up in prayer, and then we'll have another song. Lord, we're glad to be in your house tonight. Lord, whether we're celebrating or whether we're worshiping uh, in our sanctuary with those f- a few gathered here, Lord, uh, or in our homes or in our offices or in our vehicles, we're glad that where two or three are gathered, we can come and worship you. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to bear our burdens tonight, sharing prayer requests. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would take those that are uh, mentioned here. From our pulpit tonight, those that are typed into the comments section, that you'd answer each one in accordance with your perfect will. And Lord, as we often say, we ask you to give us the wisdom and patience to accept your will in each of these situations. Lord, thank you again for the opportunity to come in our family and friends home tonight. Bless the preaching, the Bible study that'll come. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We'll have a verse or two, Brother Ken.
1: Amen. We'll do a shelter in the time of storm tonight. We'll do three verses of that as well. A shelter in the time of storm. The Lord's our rock, in him we hide. Shelter in the time of storm. Secure whatever will be tied. Shelter in the time of Time of storm, the raging storms may round us be a shelter in the time of storm. We'll never leave our safe retreat, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is. time of storm oh rock divine oh refuge dear a shelter in the time of storm be now our helper ever near a shelter in the time
0: Amen. Thank you, Brother Ken. Love that song. Let me give you a couple of announcements tonight, and then we've got a trio that's going to sing a song for you this evening. Don't forget this coming Sunday, weather permitting, and it looks like the weather will hold for us. We will have our next drive-in service here at the church in honor of Mother's Day. And as always, we will, of course, continue to uh, uh, put out via live stream. So we invite you to come with us this coming Sunday. Be with us in our services, if at all possible. We'll have a gift for all the mothers as well. Uh, so we invite you to be with us this coming Sunday. We'll start at 1045. And again, if you're not able to, we will, of course, uh, be broadcasting live via our multiple platforms. And then if you uh, saw on social media today we or, or yesterday, my wife put it out. Several others did as well. We want to wish Pastor Ken a happy, happy birthday. Day yesterday i think he looks great to be 73 years old and i appreciate the work he does here at the church uh, we love and appreciate him so much all right trio you all sing for us tonight come on this evening love this song love to hear miss lisa sing it i am glad that to be absent from the body is present with the lord and regardless of what happens we can be satisfied in him you listen now as the trio sings Awesome. Love that song. Fantastic. Thank you so much this evening. Turn in your Bibles tonight. Second Peter, if you would, please. Second Peter tonight, chapter number 1 is where we'll be looking. Second Peter, chapter number 1. I'm going to start uh, in verse number 8 and uh, read down this evening through verse 15. Uh, we will, in the course of tonight and probably next Wednesday night as well, this will likely take us a couple of weeks, uh, read some other verses, but we will start out in Second Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 8. Uh, those of you who are listening tonight or whenever you may be listening uh, and are part of my uh, Sunday morning Bible study Sunday school class, you will know that just before we went out uh, because of the pandemic, we actually started teaching uh, from this passage and we barely got into a few verses and then of course uh, the pandemic struck and we had to go remote for our service offering. So I'm actually going to spend uh, the next couple of weeks really diving in uh, to uh, a, a series of messages that are, are wrapped around verses 8 through 15. Most of you know that this is of course uh, the second letter that is written by Peter. Uh, and he really gives us some important uh, information here that will help us as we go about the dailyness of our Christian life. I'll ask you tonight, who among us uh, this evening wants to be blessed mightily of God? I think we'd all have to raise our hands and say amen to that. Who amongst us, by contrast, wants to be known as an abject failure in our Christian life? The Bible is replete with examples. You can look at Philemon and you read about Demas. You can look at 1 Timothy and you read about Hymenaeus and Alexander. Uh, And even today, uh, if you've been in church for any length of time, if you've been involved in the service of the Lord for any length of time, you know people who at one point were engaged in the work of God and then for whatever reason they abandoned their Christian post, they abandoned the uh, work of God, Uh, they seemed to walk away from the things that once meant so much to them. Uh, We see it happen far too often. We see it happen to far too many people. And I hope you're like me when you say you don't want that to be you. You don't want to be a, a, a spiritual statistic. I don't ever want to be one of those preachers or one of those people that people talk about what they used to do in their work for the Lord. I want my service for the Lord to always be in the present tense. I want it to be uh, always what I'm doing now, uh, not what I hope to do at some point or what I used to do, uh, but rather what I'm doing now. And interestingly, Peter... Uh, Gives us what I'm going to call tonight some things that will help ensure that we stay on the straight and narrow, things that will help make us be engaged in the work of Christ, and most importantly, gives us this ability to say we will not walk away from that which is most important to us. So let's begin reading. 1 Peter, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter number 1. We'll begin in verse number 8. Peter writes, For if These things, if you write in your Bible, underline that, be in you and abound, they make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things, underline that again, is blind, cannot see afar off, hath not forgotten that he was purged, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, The rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, there it is again, you shall not fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, there it is again, though you know them, and be established in the present truth, yet I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle. So to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. Finally, verse 15, moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. I think that's interesting that in this passage of Scripture, five different times, Peter alludes to these things. These things that are so identifiable as part of the Christian life that they undergird everything that we are. They underpin everything that we believe. They become foundational to who we are when we say that we are a born-again child of God. So I want to spend tonight and probably next week talking to you about what those things are. After all, if I said to you tonight, I've got the cure for whatever ails you, if you'll do these things, you'll never get sick. You'd probably want to know what that cure is. If I said to you tonight, I've got something that if you'll do this, I guarantee you'll never be hungry again, you'd probably want to know what that is. Well, what Peter says to us tonight is if you'll do these things, if you'll understand these things, uh, then you will make sure uh, that X, Y, and Z happens. Well, let's look at it together. First of all, I want us to look at the situation itself. Before we talk about what the things are, let's talk about the results of the life that when we inhabit these things, it'll bring. In other words, we might say, What's in it for us? If we do these things, what are the results? Peter gives us three of them. Go with me to verse 8. He says, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So number one, these things guarantee our fruitfulness. These things guarantee our fruitfulness if these things are found in your life you'll never be spiritually barren you'll have a spiritually fruitful branch that is bringing God's glory uh, these things uh, must be pretty important uh, because they promised us that if we inhabit these things we will always bear fruit in other words these things are will prevent us from being shelved by God. Let me pause a moment and say tonight that as a fundamental independent Baptist, I am firmly convinced that if saved, always saved. I believe with all of my heart that it takes one glorious moment of faith and that that person who puts his or her trust in the Lord Jesus Christ is forever saved from a devil's hell. But hear me what I'm about to say. You can be saved and shelved. You can be saved, born again, but not be useful in the kingdom of God. And in fact, that was Paul's greatest fear. Paul was terrified over the idea that he might be shelved, or as he says, cast aside. He says in 1 Corinthians nine twenty seven. I keep under my body and bring it into submission, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself might be a castaway. Paul was terrified of the fact, he was worried about the fact uh, that he would so disappoint God uh, that he would be shelved, uh, that he would be put aside, uh, that he would be cast away. Not that he would lose his salvation, not that he would be cast away from the presence of God, but he would be cast away or shelved uh, and have no ability to be used of God. But hear me, Peter says if you have these things, you don't have to worry about that. You are guaranteed, Peter says, to live a fruitful life. Well, what's the next one? Keep reading with me. Let's go to verse 9. He that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. He that lacketh these things is blind. Well, if that is true, the flip of it must also be true. In other words, he that lacketh these things is blind. If that's true, then he that hath these things must be able to see. If the person that lacks these things is blind, that means the person that has these things must be able to see. And when we say see, we don't mean see physically, we mean see spiritually. Let me pause a moment and make a simple statement. I think one of the telltale hallmarks of 21st century believers is, is a lack of spiritual discernment. I'm just going to be candid tonight. Far too many people are led too easily astray by things that are not in this book we hold in our laps. Far too many people tonight don't know candidly enough of what the Word of God says to be able to test the things that are of the Word or not of the Word and then become easily led astray. Churches are full of doctrines and pulpits are full of places where somehow at some point there's been a little sway from the truth and suddenly an entire group is being led because of an absence of spiritual discernment. But Peter says, I love this, If you have these things, you will have the spiritual discernment. Your eyes will be open, and you'll be able to withstand the approaches of the enemy. I think most of us probably can testify of people in our lives or situation in our own existence where the approaching enemy has done a number on us. And may I say to you tonight, you don't get victory over the devil because of who you are. You don't get victory over the enemy because of what you know. You don't get victory over the enemy because of your ability to quote Scripture. You don't get victory over the enemy tonight through anything other than these things, which Peter's identifying. They give us spiritual discernment. They guarantee our fruitfulness. And then go with me, if you would, now to verse number 10. Notice what he says. Wherefore, the word wherefore means because of that. The rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Look at this next prepositional phrase. It's astounding. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. That's a bold statement. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. This verse... If I'm reading it correctly, and I think I am, very plainly says that if these things are practiced in our life, if these things are exercised in our life, they will keep us from falling. You know that doesn't mean physically falling. It means spiritually falling. These things will promote, if you will, a fall-free life. i got to stop here and just be... Be candid. We're not talking about sinless perfection. You ain't ever going to get there. But we are talking about operating in the knowledge that we are living a life that is pleasing to God. And exercising, being engaged in these things will make sure that we stay grounded and centered in God's will. I heard a preacher from many years ago say it like this. If this is the center of God's will, I don't want to step this way or this way or this way or this way. So I submit to you tonight that Paul, excuse me, Peter says if these things are in place, they guarantee we're fruitful. They guarantee that we'll have spiritual discernment, and they'll guarantee that we'll never fall in our walk as a child of God. You might be thinking tonight, My goodness, these must be huge things. These must be hard things. These must be things that are for the super Christian and must be out of the reach of the ordinary Christian. They must be reserved for the super saints like Paul and Peter. If that were the case, I wouldn't be standing up here preaching to you tonight. First of all, there is no such thing as a super saint. Paul was very clear when he said, I die daily. Things I want to do, I don't do them. Things I ought not to do, those are things I end up doing. I'm paraphrasing. May I say to you tonight, there's no such thing as a super saint in Christ. There are only those who exercise and live in the middle of these things. Well, what are these things? If they're so important, they guarantee spiritual discernment, guarantee fruitfulness, guarantee that we'll never fall. What are These things. Let's go to verse number 5. We gave you number 1, the structure. Let me give you number 2, the support. Go to verse 5. And beside this, you know what, let's go back and read verse 2. Start with me, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God, Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that he hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." Verse 5, And beside this, giving all diligence, and now we get to these things, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity, that's it. That's the these things that Peter's talking about in verse 8, verse 10, verse 12, verse 15. Those are the things. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But it's not. And in fact, it is what will stumble every single one of us. I promise you that as tonight and next week we dive into these things, You will find areas, at least I hope you do, if you're honest, you will, where we need to do a little bit better. You'll find areas where we need to check up just a little bit. You'll find areas where the enemy knows where we're weak, and we got to exercise that full armor of God. So let's dive in. Number one, notice what Scripture says, verse 5, besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Add to your faith. There is an assumption in this statement that before you can start building on these things, before you can start encapsulating or being part of these things, you have to build on something, and the something you have to build on is faith. You can't can't skip faith and get to temperance or charity or brotherly love because if you don't have the foundation, if you don't have the building block, if you don't have the bottom rung, you can't skip and go to level three. It's not like a video game where you might test out or you might be able to skip level two and jump to level five. got to go step by step by step. By step, and the first step for all of us is this step of faith. That's the reason Peter says, add to your faith. Faith is a concept that is easy to talk about, but so difficult to explain. Let me say that again. Faith is a concept That is very easy to talk about. It's a word we toss around often. Yet it is so difficult to explain. I mean, what is faith? How do you define faith? For those of you in my Sunday school class, you heard this illustration, so pardon me if this is a repeat for you all. But I think it's easier in some instances to talk about what something is not, and then talk about what it is. I think sometimes it's easier to peel away an onion by saying, this is not this, this is not that, and then you get down to the nugget or the kernel or the center of truth of what something is. So let's talk about for a moment what faith is not. Faith is not covering your eyes, walking up to the edge, and taking a blind leap. Faith is not foolishness. Faith is not this idea that, that we are hoping or, or speculating or, or taking a giant leap in the dark. There are plenty, of, listen to what I'm about to say. There are plenty of scoffers tonight who make fun of people of faith. They think we're walking around blindly, that we're groping in darkness. Uh, they don't understand uh, that faith is not a giant blind leap. Uh, it is much more than walking around waiting for providence to knock you upside the head. Faith is not putting blinders on and being some kind of some kind of mindless robot that God knocks you upside the head. That is not faith. Faith's not a blind leap. Faith is also not a blank check. Many people have been disappointed because God did not do something, that they told him to do. Let me give it to you in a way that makes sense even to kids. Faith is not a heavenly Santa Claus. we got to remember that faith is not some lasso where we whip out and catch God and lasso him into doing our will. Faith is not some kind of button that we push to force God to do what we want. There's an awful lot of people who've prayed for things they wanted, thought that they needed, and get very angry with God when the answer comes, but the answer is not what they wanted. They will say, Well, I prayed and God didn't answer, and they'll walk away from the things of God. Listen to me. There are times when God's answer is no. There are times when God's answer is, not now. There are times when God's answer is, absolutely. And then there are times when God says, not this, but that. Because that is even better than what you think you need now. Faith is not a blank check where we reach up to God and say, God, here's what I want, you give it. Faith is simply this. If it's not a blank check, if it's not a blind leap, what is it? Listen now. One of the most important statements I'll make tonight or next week. Faith is this. A simple, beautiful choice. Faith is the choice to take God at his word. Faith is our response to God's promises in our life. God says, I'm going to lead you. Faith says, I'll follow even if I don't like where I'm going. God says, I'm going to be your guide. Faith says, I'll follow your guidance, Lord even when it doesn't make sense. I gave this story, again, to my Sunday school class, so, but it resonates with me, and I love it. It's one of my favorite illustrations. True story. A couple of decades ago, there was a large vessel that set sail with a very wealthy family from Liverpool crossing across the Atlantic Ocean over into New York. One night, as everyone aboard the vessel was asleep, a sudden storm arose. The wind was sweeping. The water struck the vessel and almost capsized it. Everything movable started tumbling and crashing. The passengers became aware that they were in grave danger. Everyone was alarmed. Passengers and crews and many understandably sprang from their beds, began to pray, began to get dressed, uh, and instantly uh, began terrified. The captain's little daughter was just eight years old, was awakened by her mother's prayers, and the eight-year-old daughter looked at her mother and says, What's the matter, Mom? When the mother told her about what was happening, about the dangerous storm, about the difficulties that they were facing, the daughter said, the daughter, her daddy, was the captain, and she said, Is Daddy on deck? When Mama assured her, her that he was, little girl dropped back on her pillow and went sound to sleep. Would you listen? That's faith. That's faith. That's a choice that the little girl made that said, in spite of the winds, in spite of the waves, in spite of the storm, we're going to be fine. Why? Because daddy's on deck. Daddy's got it. May I say to you tonight, For all of us, that is what faith is. So I want you to go back with me quickly and read verse number five. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So next week, we're going to rip apart all of these, talk about what they mean. But I want you to understand that we're level setting now. Add to your faith. The bottom rung, the bottom layer is faith. What do we add to faith? Virtue. What does that mean? And then on top of virtue, we add knowledge. What does that mean? Knowledge, we add temperance. Temperance, we add patience. And then we add godliness. And then we add brotherly kindness. And finally, we add charity. So let me say to all of us tonight, we got to start with faith. If there's ever a time that we needed faith in God, it's right now. I can't think of a time, at least in my mind, my, my 50 years of being alive, where our nation or our churches or people of God needed to rely upon our faith more than what we do now. preacher that I love said... Uh, 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 said on social media a few weeks ago, can we just skip 2020 and go straight to 2021? I get it. I understand it. But you know what I take comfort in? My faith. That God knows what he's doing. Daddy's on deck. And he's got it under control. We'll look at the rest next week. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. And we say thank you that you've given us these things. Thank you, Lord, that you have provided in your word these layers of the Christian life. Lord, we celebrate and we rejoice tonight over the simple statement that these things are available once we exercise faith. God, I'm so thankful tonight that you didn't keep this from us. You gave it to us transparently and let us know that these things will prevent us from falling in our faith will make us spiritually discerning and make us fruitful in our walk. So, Lord, as we look at these things, Lord, I pray this would not just be a cognitive exercise. Lord, I don't want us to just talk about it and and, and understand. I want us to live it out in our daily walk. Lord, I want these things to be exhibited in us as believers so that others would recognize these things in us. Lord, I've said it every week. I'll say again. Bless our president, leaders of our commonwealth, our country, our county, and our churches as they're making decisions that impact the lives of the citizens all around us. Thank you for what you're doing in our church. Even though we can't assemble together, we're rejoicing over the reports we hear every week about how your word is going out, and we thank you for that. Bless now as we depart. Bring us back Sunday morning for Mother's Day as we celebrate with drive-in services and, of course, live streaming as well. Thank you, Lord. We love you, and we thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We're honored to be in your home or your car, wherever you are. We invite you to join us Sunday morning in our parking lot or via live stream. Until then, we'll see you then. We love you. We miss you. Hope to see you Sunday.